Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we are in the Sweet 16. That means it is starting to get very, very interesting. Already saw a good handful of upsets in the first round, like we do every single season. Uh, but now it's time to preview some of the bigger games across each classification. This podcast going to be a boys preview. So without further ado, as you like to say, Ramin, I reckon we should just jump right into it. No time to waste here. Class 7A top left quadrant. Uh, North Cobb versus Milton. What do you see there? North Cobb and Milton. I see North Cobb's season uh, likely coming to an end. I know Coach Gorsuch does a really good job, and he's gotten the most out of that. That North Cobb group led by Freddie Woods, Justin Coleman, um, pretty good, pretty good group there. Uh, but Milton with Bruce Thornton, Ken Carlisle, uh, you know, they're, they're just way too powerful. I think North Cobb with the X and those will be able to keep it close for a little bit. But at the end of the day, uh, when you just don't have enough bullets in the chamber, um, you know, that gun's not going to fire efficiently enough. And I feel like Milton should win this one uh, pretty easily in the next round. In the bottom left quadrant of 7A, Shiloh travels to Wheeler. That will be a good one. I know both those teams ranked very highly in our top 10 poll. I know uh, we had Shiloh number two and Wheeler probably number four, number five, somewhere in that number range. Four. Number four, yeah. So that, that's a really good one. This is a really physical matchup. Wheeler always loves to punch the ball inside uh, with the Denver signee. Uh, Sam Hines, and then, of course, you got Jaheim Hudson, who's 6'7 inside. So Wheeler does a lot of their damage in the low post, but Shiloh equally as physical down there with Jordan Mitchell, who's really come on strong this year, was a first-team all-region selection out of Region 8. Um, so that's another big six foot six guy that can kind of alter shots down low and make it tougher. Um, so it's going to be uh, you know two styles that really get after it and punch it inside. Uh, but Shiloh with their three-point shooting and their guard play, uh, I think they're a little bit deeper on the perimeter when you got Zadi Jackson, Caleb Golden, um, you know James Little even, and Anthony Canada, who's a three and D guy. That's a really experienced group. And like I said earlier, they're about 24 and three now. All three of their losses come to Grayson, so they've seen the best of the best. Uh, that's the only team that's knocked them off this year. So Shiloh, um, you know, I think they should be able to pull it out. It's going to be really tough because Wheeler's really well coached, and I, you know they're a very strong uh, team that has a, a lot of defensive principles as well. Um, but Wheeler's gotten some good guard play from Nash Kelly. He's really stepped up. But, uh, with Isaiah Collier out with that broken shoulder. Uh, again, we talked about not having all your bullets in the chamber. Um, just don't have their entire roster. And when you're use, losing a starting guard that was one of your leading scores, that hurts. But I think it should be a really good, really fun game. But I think Shiloh grinds it out just enough to win in a pretty close one. On the top right side of Class 7A, Pebblebrook, Pebblebrook excuse me, travels to number one Grayson. <laughs> yeah, this should be a, a good one that looks like it's pretty good on paper with Pebblebrook, all those um, all those juniors there, Caleb Washington, Jamal Kleiss, uh, Danny Stubbs as a good guard. Uh, but guard play, that's going to differentiate this game. Davon Smith, um, Caleb Murphy, and then even like Tanari Lane, Josh Smith, more of a, a forward, but uh, Grayson gets a nod in the guard play category. Now, again, it should be a good game. I mean, there's going to be a ton of talent on the floor. Um, but I think uh, Pebblebrook a little redundant with all those six foot seven, uh, six six, six seven forwards. Really good players, but you need more guard play at this time of the year. And I don't know if they're going to have enough guard play uh, to compete with Grayson for the full 32. And then, of course, when you got Ian Shefflin on the back line, you know, erasing every single shot attempt at the rim and double-doubling for Grayson. Uh, Grayson's really tough. Grayson's fully loaded. Um, that's a, a really good team, top to bottom. And I think Grayson at home, I think it's going to be challenging, but I think Grayson pulls away late. And an interesting one here in the bottom right, East Coweta travels to North Gwinnett. Uh, North Gwinnett really playing good basketball uh, they've just put down the clamps defensively, 
And uh, they've been handling their business. They held Archer to under 60 points. And if you go back into the uh, region tournament, I think they're holding people to about, you know, 40s and low 50s. So North Gwinnett, I know they got, I heard they got a lot of uh, free throw attempts, maybe like 33 to 13 in free throw attempts. Obviously, you can't, you know, speak too much on it because sometimes, you know, there's fouling at the end of games, this, that, and the other. But still, that is a pretty large disparity. Uh, But North Gwinnett with their defense, defense carries. And, I'm a little concerned. East Coweta, not good in the half court. They're really not good in the half court in the two games I've seen. It's uh, it's Chris Youngblood and it's uh, Brandon Stroud. And, um, you know, they're really good when they get out in transition, can play fast, and that defense turns into offense. But if North Gwinnett's ball handlers, if they're good enough to advance the ball and not turn turn it over and, and let East Coweta get those live ball, uh, you know, points, going the other way, it's going to be really tough. Um, I think I'm going to still lean towards East Coweta just with the complete resume. And this is the epitome of, uh, talked about it before the state tournament. Do you go based on the recent trend, like the last five games, or do you go on the body of work, what they've done the entire season? East Coweta played a better schedule throughout the year and had better results throughout the year. But right now, North Gwinnett is hot, and their defense is anchoring them, and they're getting enough points, spreading the sugar around. And like I said, if it gets into a half-court game, I'm very, very, very concerned about East Coweta. But with that being said, I'm just going to kind of go with what I thought I knew all year long, and I knew East Coweta was a really good team, so I'm just going to go with them. Uh, but I think it should be another competitive game. We've got half of your picks in 7A, so quickly run down the Elite Eight matchups that you're predicting at the current time here, Kyle. Oh, boy. Elite Eight matchups. Uh, it looks like I have, uh, gosh, it's going to be tough. I think Newton gets past Westlake in a really tight game. Um, uh, reoccurring theme here is I think a lot of these games are going to be tight. Uh, so it looks like Newton versus Milton. I'm thinking Shiloh. Versus Berkmar, Grayson versus Norcross. Even though I think Kilgrove, obviously not as talented as Norcross, but Ed Morris is a really good coach. And when you have good coaching in the uh, state tournament, you can hang around for a little bit and make things interesting. But I think Norcross is just way too powerful. And then I have East Coweta, uh, I guess against McEachern. Moving down onto Class 6A top left quadrant again, Alatuna travels to our final uh, end of season number one, Tucker. That is a good one, of course, I think, because Alatuna, a team we saw in the CTC Fall League, this team plays extremely well together. Um, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's not just two guys. I'm not saying that Tucker's only two guys. I mean, Raylon Berrion's really good as well, and Daniel Giddens good as well. Um, but, you know, Terrence Edwards and Jermonte Hill are going to do a lot of the scoring. But Alatuna, it's 10 points from Isaiah Logan. It's 14 from Kevin Taylor. It's Marshall Willingham with eight points here. It's Cam Baldwin with eight points here. Uh, RJ Shaw with, you know, 10 points. So it's a lot of guys that can hit you up anywhere from six to 14 points. And at the end of the day, that can really, uh, really add up. So I think it's going to be a really good game, Alatuna. Um, I just like their style and how, how they play together as a unit. And that's a, definitely a homegrown team that's all been together uh, since day one. Um, you know, it's hard to pick against Tucker. I know I picked Tucker to win the state title this year, so I'm going to ride with Tucker in this one. But, but uh, Kevin Taylor, I think he's going to be a really big piece for Alatuna, um, about 6'3", but he does everything on the floor. He will rebound. He will block shots. He will score the ball. Uh, I think this could be a coming out party for him. If he has a really good game against uh, Hill and Edwards, I think colleges need to start taking notice of him heading into a senior season. Uh, But again, with that being said, I think Tucker just too powerful. um, But I think Alatuna is going to give him everything they can want and more. Still on the left side of the 6A boys bracket, uh, Sequoia at Richmond Hill are end of season number six and number seven. Should be a good matchup on paper, Kyle. It's going down to the coast is what worries me for Sequoia. That is a long trip, and Sequoia didn't particularly look overly impressive from what I was told against Gainesville. Uh, One by 10 points, Miles McGee had a big game with 20 points, Um, but Gainesville did a really nice job of slowing down Jackson Greco and um, also Donovan Shipp. Now you're going to Richmond Hill, who they won by 12 against tomorrow. And we're not saying tomorrow's an end-all, be-all, but that's a big athletic team. Uh, Richmond Hill is going to have some strong dudes, some guys that play on the football field as well. Uh, they're physical. Uh, they can get after it, and they have home court advantage. 
Um, you know, I think Sequoias might be better than them, but again, we're talking about teams that see completely opposite styles of play and just completely different opponents. Uh, so you can't you can't really tell this time of year. Um, the reason why I picked Richmond Hill and this one in our previous podcast is because that home court advantage, and I think that is a big deal. Would I be surprised if Sequoia won this game? I would not be surprised one bit, especially in Class 6A, where a lot of these games are coin flip games. Um, But I'm still feeling like uh, Richmond Hill, just with that physicality, and uh, I think they're going to be able to get after it. I know they they can get up and play above the rim. Uh, Bill Henderson has a really good team this year. But I'm going with the the leadership between Jaden Marshall, a junior, and then Sheldon Lewis, a senior. Those two guys alone, they get some you know contributions everywhere else. I think it's going to really help Richmond Hill. But the one thing that worries me, Richmond Hill, a decent outside shooting team, not that great. I mean, just looking at the stats right now, Liam Markraff, uh, he's a 36% three-point shooter, hit 40 on the year. But you're going to be trying to chase around Jackson Greco, who can hit you up for six, seven in the blink of an eye. Um, if Richmond Hill comes in with a a good game plan and knows all about the personnel of Sequoia, I think they advance. But if they come in and they're, they haven't done their homework and they don't understand that, you know, DJ Robinson inside for Sequoia is an X factor. He can block shots. He can rebound. He can really hurt you inside. Uh, Sequoia could win this one. But, again, just uh, just to not be a flip-flopper, I'll stick with Richmond Hill, and I'll go with Richmond Hill just having the big physical athletes, and that four-hour trip down to the coast is going to be tough. On the right side of the bracket, another two teams in our top 10 battling for position number 9 and 10, and another long trip for Langston Hughes as they travel down south to take on Valdosta. Uh, yeah, I, I hear uh, Langston Hughes really pulled one out against Cambridge, and Valdosta handled their business. Um, Ricky Brown is going to be the one to keep an eye on him and Allen Floyd for Valdosta. Had a nice first-round win. Now, apparently, Grovetown wasn't at uh, full strength, but Valdosta's tough, and Langston Hughes... You know, again, they they woke up at the right time, but it wasn't always pretty against Cambridge. Uh, That's going to be a really tough one. Um, Again, just going back on what I picked earlier in the year, uh, or earlier in our last podcast, I want to say I did go with Langston Hughes uh, to advance. So for that reason, I'll stick with Langston Hughes. Uh, P.J. Carter, obviously, if he gets hot from deep, that's really going to do some damage. And uh, kind of carry them. But, I mean, same can be said for Valdosta. Ricky Brown is a really good three-point shooter. Uh, but I'm going with Langston Hughes. But, you know, it's at, at this point, it's kind of tough to pick against uh, Daryl Lockhart. Really good coach, two state championships. But, shoot, you're looking at Rory Welsh. She's got two rings on his fingers, too. Uh, should be a really good game. And finally, on the bottom right quadrant of Class 6A, it's going to be Douglas County at Evans. Um interesting interesting game considering we have to see who suits up for Douglas County um, rumor swirling that one of their best players which we'll say will go unnamed because things can happen between the start of the Pope game and their second round game but apparently their best player did not play against Pope and removed himself from the team now he may be back we don't know that is a huge uh, factor right there uh, if we don't know if he's playing or not. If he's playing, um, you know, I think Douglas County could win this one. Uh, if he's not playing, Douglas County's going to be really up against it. And considering the fact that you're going to Augusta, Augusta officiating crews, and, you know, a- anywhere, anytime you travel three, four hours away, you know, it feels like the officiating crew is going to be different because it's just, it's the game's officiated differently in different pockets of the area. Not saying there's uh, necessarily the fixes in or anything crazy like that, but games can be officiated differently in different areas uh, with different uh, refereeing associations. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm looking at this game, Amarion Smith, his ability to protect the rim. That's going to be really big, especially if Christian Chambers, who's really the heart and soul of Evans, uh, great lefty, great score. He can score from all three levels, but if he meets that resistance at the rim, it's going to be tough because Amarion, the best shot blocker in the state of Georgia, you know, I could imagine him getting a couple shots there and, you know, really altering some things. Um, Evans is going to have to get some really good play um, from the rest of the team. Brazen James, all these guys, uh, uh, they're going to have to step up and really be 
you know, something uh, beneficial in support of Chambers. It cannot just be Christian Chambers. You got to get us 30 points for us to advance. They're going to really have to get um, some big efforts from the rest of that roster, which they've done for you know the most of the season, the majority of the season. Uh, you know they, they've been good. Uh, Rashad King is a guy to keep an eye on. Um, his ability should help out. You know a big physical wing, um, but it's going to be tough. Uh, and like I said. It all depends if uh, Douglas County's best player is suiting up. If he's not, you know, I might lean towards Evans. Uh, but if he is, I'm going with Douglas County. And, uh, again, I'll just stick with Douglas County since I picked them in our first podcast. Of the 16 teams left vying for their spot and marching to make it in Class 6A, Kyle, a week and a half, a week and spare change away from now, who is the likeliest team to be left standing here in the Final Four? Um, the team to win the state championship, Ramin, is that what you're asking? More so who has the likeliest, the easiest path to the Final Four. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, good question here. Let me scroll through and see. Easiest path to the Final Four. Uh, you know, at this point, especially in Class 6A where we said it's, just, it's so unpredictable, not really <laughs> an easy class or an easy route, but just – Looking at it on paper, maybe I'm thinking uh, possibly that Lanier quadrant with Stevenson, Lanier, uh, Langston Hughes, and Valdosta. Uh, maybe that could be considered the quote unquote weakest. Uh, either that one or South Cobb, who was a number one seed on that bottom right hand side. Uh, it's between those two as far as which team I think is the strongest uh, out of Lanier and South Cobb. I think South Cobb's. Uh, might be better, and for that reason, I'll say if they have to pick an easier route, I think South Cobb might be a little bit um, have a little bit easier route, but not by much. Down to Class Five A, top left, Clark Central, a little bit of an upset. They go on to face Eagles Landing. Yeah, and they're gonna have to have some really good guard play to get past Eagles Landing. Uh, Eagles Landing, got to see if they're at full strength with Keith Lamar is back or not. I probably should have did my homework before doing this, but uh, Eagles Landing, I think, uh, again, we were just talking about uh, favorable routes. They do have a pretty favorable road on paper. Um, I believe it's Jacques Smith. Uh, really good score for Clark Central. He's going to have to be the guy uh, that gets Clark Central if they want to you know, advance and do some uh, things into the next round, but uh, I do like Eagles Landing. David Thomas... I said is, you know, he's a freshman, but he's really good. He's something that Eagles Landing hasn't had in years past. And Kershawn Thrash, another jack-of-all-trade guy, uh, just real physical, can do everything on the floor. That's why I like Eagles Landing to advance in this one. In the bottom left, a little bit of Region 5 versus Region 1 action. Both top 10 teams in the final uh, season rankings. Lithonia at Veterans. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I was at that Lithonia game against Hiram, and they were up 18 points, and they were taking it to Hiram. Now, Hiram had a really bad shooting night, and they're a team predicated on three-point balls. And when you're going into the fourth quarter with only two threes made, you know, it's just not really your day. Um, Veterans is a team that is really, really balanced, Ramin, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do against Lithonia because this is definitely going to be their – you know, their biggest test of the season, uh, hands down, they're, they're going up against a, uh, a tremendous group. Uh, veterans, though, uh, a really balanced team. You're looking at guys like, uh, I believe it's D'Angelo Hines. He's averaging 13 points per game. T.J. Grant, 6'5", 6'6", uh, wing, really good at 11 points per game. Uh, Jalen Williams over 10 points and then Horace Johnson right at about 10 points per game. So they, they lack the true star power that Lithonia does. Um, with Eric Gaines, but looking at Franklin Champion, uh, my first real look at him in a varsity setting at 6'7", an unsigned senior, he looked really, really good for Lithonia. And heading into the year, I didn't know that he transferred there. I want to say he came from maybe Arabia Mountain, possibly. Might need some fact-checking on that, but I'm, I want to say I'm pretty sure he wasn't with Lithonia last year. Uh, but Frank Champion is a big wing. He is good. And um, like I was about to say, 
we didn't have Lithonia at the very tippy top because I thought they were going to be a pretty small team. You know, Javante Jackson transferred in at about five foot seven. You know, Eric Gaines is a big wing and some big, you know, long athletic wings, but I didn't think they had big, big size. But Franklin Champion at six seven is big, big size. Broderick Jones, a big time football recruit at about. <laughs> Six five six six and probably you know two hundred sixty pounds. That's a big big dude right there, and they can play. And that's why I think Lithonia is the complete team in this classification, and that's why I have them advancing all the way to the title game. And I think veterans are best season in school history. I think they just might be running into something they haven't seen before. But the one good thing for them is. They're going to have them at home. I mean, it's crazy to think Lithonia is ranked number three in the state and was ranked number one before they fell to the four seed. But they are a four seed, and they're going to be on the road, road warriors this entire postseason. So that, you know, that's that little inkling of a glimmer of hope for veterans. And, you know, veterans is a good team. They, they blew up Fayette County by 33 points. So they did get that really big win over Fayette County. So home court advantage gives them an inkling of hope. I think veterans is good. It's just going to be seeing a team they haven't seen before. Um, it'll be interesting, but again, I just think Lithoni is built for the state title, uh, and that's why I'm sticking with my pick. On to the right side of Class 5A, another 5 versus 6 matchup, Kell at Warner Robins. Oh, uh, yeah, that is a really good, uh, really good matchup. Uh, Kell was dead in the water against Miller Grove, and Miller Grove blew that game and let Scooter Henderson rip him for 49 points uh, in a 92-91 overtime thriller. Uh, Warner Robbins, you know, just I know Jonesboro is very well coached, but Jonesboro wasn't that great this year. Only a six-point win in the first round, so that gives me gives me pause. But again, Warner Robbins gonna have Kell at home. Um, they have some comparable athletes, Keyshawn Hauser. You know, he can go toe to toe. Uh, as far as playing above the rim with Scooter Henderson, he is a dang good athlete. Um, so you gotta, you know, with 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 Warner Robbins have a, a, a you know a puncher's chance in this one. And Warner Robbins, I mean, they won a state title before. Not saying all these guys played huge roles on that team, but they were a part of that state title team when Nelson Phillips was there. Um, and, and so it, they, they can they can kind of pull from that maybe they they've been on the bench they've seen how it goes uh, but you're looking at anthony dillard quay dillard quan dillard uh gonna have to have a really big game as a six five uh forward he's gonna have to really bring it uh but i think it all starts and stops with how are they gonna try and guard um scooter henderson is Keyshawn hauser gonna draw the assignment who are they putting on him can anybody slow him down if they can slow him down and somehow hold him to under 25 points I think Warner Robbins has a chance to win, but if he hits 25 or gets over it, I think Kell wins. And again, Kell's been pretty tough this year. I don't think they're unbeatable, but with that superstar guard play and you know that magic of coming back against Miller Grove, um, I'm going to stick with Kell. And finally, in the bottom right of Class 5A, give us a breakdown of Dutch Town at Riverwood. Uh, Buck Jenkins, really good coach for Riverwood. I mean, that's a team that can really lock it up defensively. Now, it was a pretty high-scoring game for Riverwood standards, I feel like. 79-72 against Loganville. Uh, but they're really going to have to bring that defensive presence if they want to stop Dutchtown. Dutchtown with uh, Jermaine Mann, Cam Bryant, Cameron Hobbs. I mean, they just have a lot of guys that can score the ball. They're really big. Um, but again, you're looking at another situation where uh, in this classification especially, it looks like a lot of the talent was concentrated in that pocket full of regions. So uh, Dutchtown obviously would go into this game being a favorite, but they're going to be on the road at Riverwood. Uh, with that being said, I think Dutchtown is just going to be too strong for them. But I know Buck Jenkins is a heck of a coach. He's going to have a really good game plan. But I think the size and just the speed of the game and, you know, Jermaine Mann pounding on you for 32 minutes inside, it's going to be tough. And that's what I think Dutchtown, who I have advancing uh, to the state title game, it looks like in our last podcast, I'm going to stick with them again. And before we leave Class 5A, I'm going to take you. Um, I'm going to make you take all your money for your mortgage and put it on one team in Class 5A who is for sure 100% a lock to advance to the Elite Eight. Kyle, who's it going to be? Oh, oh, let me let me take a gander here. Mm, let's see. 
Oh boy, and we just for me, you're asking the tough questions. We just said that <laughs> a lot of these games are going to be pretty close. Uh, if I had to put a lock, uh, not many locks I want to say, but I guess I would go with. Uh, even though they've had a lot of trouble in the Sweet 16 over the past couple years. Uh, on paper, looking at it, Eagles Landing versus Clark Central. Eagles Landing on paper is the best lock, but if history repeats itself, it is not a good week for Eagles Landing. But um, things have to change eventually, and that's why I think Eagles Landing would be my lock. Down to Class 4A in the top left quadrant, Baldwin at Sandy Creek, Kyle. Baldwin, not quite what they were in years past, Um Obviously, a nice result over Westover, who, again, not what they used to be. Um, I think Sandy Creek is – they're built for a deep playoff run. You know, Jabari Smith is going to be way too big. Baldwin's, you know, tallest player. I don't you know, I don't think they have a whole lot of size. Uh, I think they have some pretty, uh, pretty nice guards over there for Baldwin, Will Freeman. Uh, one of the first ones that pops into my brain. He's a, he's a really nice player. Um, but I just think it's going to be really tough. Uh, Sandy Creek, because they can pound you at Smith. Uh, Deshaun Proctor's really big inside, and they have just enough good guard play. Daryl Rice, uh, pretty talented out front. So I think Sandy Creek uh, should handle this one fairly easily. Still on the left side, North Oconee travels to Upson Lee. Uh, it is uh, going to be tough to win at the castle of Lee again uh following the trend of guys guys that aren't you know as as good or our teams you know not not what they once were they don't have ty fagan and they don't have trayvon walker is what i'm i'm really trying to say but upson lee has been pretty good this year under chris owens first year coach coming from montgomery uh county um they've been good i know they do have a. Uh, one of the region players of the year, one of the top players in the region, and uh, that is Malik Smith, who's been really solid for them, uh, about 6'3", 6'4", uh, forward. So he's going to be tough. Uh, North Oconee, I think Rick Rasmussen obviously is a big-time hell of a coach, and he's going to have them in a, a good position to succeed, but I just don't think they're going to have enough, especially going to the castle. They've never played in an atmosphere like that before. I know St. Pius is a great atmosphere, but um, St. Pius is a bandbox. Uh, imagine that, you know, four times, three times that size, uh, and it's all up some Leaf fans. It's going to be really, really tough. They're going to have to knock down a lot of shots to be able to, uh, you know, beat uh, a team like that. Um, so I, I, I'm going with um, Upson Lee in this one. I th- just think they're going to be too powerful for them. But I know North Dakota does have some shooters and Dylan Garrington um, and a couple other guys. But uh, I feel comfortable with Upson Lee. I think they're good enough to do it. In our Sandy Spiel poll, number nine, Blessed Trinity travels to number two, America Sumter. Um, America Sumter... Uh, they took care of business against Thompson easily, and Blessed Trinity did the same for Troop. But uh, America Sumter, just looking at Region 1, really interesting. We knew it was going to be down. I was surprised that America Sumter is undefeated right now, but America Sumter is the last team from Region 1 standing. Uh, Ramin Westover, who was a 3-seed, got blown out by 21 by Baldwin. Uh, Doherty, the 2-seed, got beat by Burke County by 1. And then uh, Carver Columbus, the defending state champs, uh, they lost by seven. So looking at America Sumter right now, um, I don't know. I think they're a really good team, but I'm not sure if they're a great team yet. Now, just because everyone else in your region lost, it doesn't mean all of a sudden that you're not you're not that good. But, uh, you know, it, they still have some, some stuff to prove, especially with how they're uh, you know, how their their region foes fared in the first round. Now, I, I, I like them to beat Blessed Trinity in this one. They should be able to uh, uh, pull it out, especially got home court advantage. And Trey Brown is really good, and that'll be a good matchup against Jax Bonite. But uh, uh, America Sumter should win this one, I would think. Um, but again, that's, that's something to keep an eye on with them, just to see, you know, Region 1 did not fare too well. But you're looking at Region 7, they went 3-1 and one with their only loss 
Chesapeake coming to number one, Sandy Creek. So, uh, Buzz Trinity might be able to hang around, but I do like America Sumter. Our final game we're going to preview in Class 4A. It's going to be Marist at Cross Creek. <laughs> Man, if Marist can play this game in the half court, they are a really good defensive team. I mean, I witnessed it firsthand, 52-51, triple overtime against Chapel Hill. They make it really ugly, and they got guys that are gritty and make big plays. John Trainer, about 6'6 inside the senior. Tough guy, not overly spectacular, not going to wow you, but he, he's fundamentally sound. He gathers himself, goes up strong, squares his shoulders, does the little things. Mitch Owen just flying around, making big plays. Cody Gaines, uh, a crafty little point guard, little sneaky guy that can get past you. Again, not really going to dazzle you much, but he's just a productive player. Um, and Cross Creek, they, they won by seven points, and they handled their business. Uh, I think Cross Creek, they just are going to be too big in this one. But again, Marist, if they can get in the half court, they'll they'll have a shot. But I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough. And not saying Cross Creek's putting up 80 points on the board every single game. But, you know, Kobe Stewart's about 6'6". He's going to Presbyterian. Uh, Trotter's really good. Uh, Pope even. They, they just got a lot of big bodies and athletic guys and guys that can really score the ball well. Uh, Maris is going to have to come in with a really good game plan again um, to try and slow down Cross Creek. But I think Cross Creek, they might be a little more adept at playing in that half court. I don't think Cross Creek might be you know, as good as Chapel Hill is in transition. I think they could they could kind of pound you inside and not everything has to come, um, you know, just going up and down the floor. Uh, but I do like Cross Creek in this one. And again, traveling over um, to Augusta area, it's going to be tough and you got to a, a big group of you know that are primed to make a deep run a lot of seniors over there for cross creek so i'm sticking with cross creek kyle if i'm a class 4a and only a 4a fan and for whatever reason i'm busy on both wednesday night and thursday night and i don't get to see a sweet 16 game what is the elite eight matchup that i should be looking forward to Oh, oh boy, making me touch some money. Um, Elite Eight matchup, well, I mean, I don't even have to look too far. Woodward Academy and Sandy Creek, if they both get the job done, that is a a heck of a matchup. That's an All-American seven-foot Walker Kessler going up against possibly a future All-American and 6'9 Jabari Smith. And, you know, go down the lineups. There's a lot of good players on both teams. Um, that is going to be the Elite Eight matchup you'd want to see if both teams handle their business. Down to Class 3A in the top left, Monroe area travels to Westside Macon. Monroe has been playing good basketball, and they survived North Murray. Um, they got some dudes that can shoot the ball, and they got a little bit of length as well. Um, Westside, uh, that's a team that is also uh, really playing well at the right time, ended up winning that region. Um and they're going to have home court advantage, and I know I've been harping on home court advantage a lot lately, it sounds like. Uh, so it should be an interesting matchup. I mean, Monroe area is just going to depend if uh, Kendrick Lyles is knocking down shots and Derek Brown. Those are you know two of their all-region players over there. Uh, they're going to have to have really good games. But with Kowasi Reeves and uh, Javian Mosley, I think those guys are – I think those guys are ready for it. Now, I think it, again, I think this could potentially be a pretty close game because you're looking at Monroe area seeing some of the better teams in the state Jefferson, Franklin County, Hart County, and they've had some success against a lot of those guys. Uh, I think this one could be a little closer than expected, but I do like Westside making to find a way to pull it out. You just mentioned Franklin County as being one of those good teams. Franklin County at Long County, break it down for us. Yeah, Franklin County pulled one out, double overtime against Calhoun. We're missing two of their starters. They got to be back. I don't know if they're going to be back or not. Someone on Twitter said they'll be back. If they're back, great. If not, they're in trouble. Again, talking about going down to Ludowisi, down at the coast. Uh, Tostitas Pouncey, one of the best names in uh, the state of Georgia. He will be playing for Long County, uh, a tough guard that can – Score the ball, uh, Trajan Weather Weatherspoon, um, a big physical football player as well, uh, who's going to pose some problems at 6'4", 225 pounds. Um, it'll be it'll be tough, but again, you really got to rely on guard play at this time of year, and that is where most of the time Franklin County is always going to have the advantage uh, with Micah Roebuck and Titus 
uh, Brown. Those two guys are really, really good, and they've seen a lot of the best of the best, and they've held their own. So, again, with that, I'm going to stick with my original pick, and uh, I'm hoping they're at full strength. They will need Keelan Rutledge inside to bang bodies and score inside. Uh, but if they're at full strength, I'm going with Franklin County in a really physical game. Throwing it over to the right side of Class 3A, Pierce County is traveling to Jefferson. I think Jefferson should be able to handle their business. Pierce County coming out of a you know, Region 2, which you know we don't really know how great that region is. We're going to know a lot more, which is you know easy to say. We're going to know more about each region as, a, as, as teams get eliminated as we go deeper on into the postseason. Um, but I think Jefferson with Jacob Radiker, Daniel and Owen Parker, um, Malachi Starks, Cam Robinson – uh, I, I think they're going to be ready for this one, and they got them at home. So Pierce County is going to have a long trip up to to northeast Georgia. It's going to be tough for them, and I like Jefferson to take care of business. And finally, in the bottom right quadrant of Class 3A, Cherokee Bluff is traveling to Windsor Forest. <sighs> Cherokee Bluff scored a really good win against Westminster, and Cherokee Bluff could end up being one of those what-if teams um, I know they had a really big injury inside, and that kind of derailed what they thought they were going to be able to do this year. Uh, but they've been tough. They've still been good, and they've been able to uh, really score the ball uh, behind some talented guard play in Griffin Neville. Uh, so he's been good. So um, they're playing for Corey Thomas, who got hurt early, early, early in the year. Um, so they're, they're, they're playing for one of their fallen brothers, uh, and then Bosco Norman, a, a good senior guard. So it, it's it'll be a tough matchup. Um, I think Windsor Forest. I think they're just they might have too many dudes. Deontay Bash, Shamar Norman, might have too many dudes. But they did, you know, not necessarily blow out Murray County from the opening tip. Now they ended up winning by 23 points. So they 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 took care of everything. But it wasn't a dominating from opening tip to final buzzer game. So Cherokee Bluff could hang around. Benji Wood's a good coach. They could hang around, but I think Windsor Forest uh, just going to be too strong for them. And if they get the game in transition, I think Windsor Forest can really uh, put a hurting on Cherokee Bluff. And before we move away from Class 3A, Kyle, what is your mortal lock of the classification? Ooh. Um, man, I don't I don't really know. A mortal lock, looking at this, again, I see some pretty good matchups. I would think it has to be Johnson-Savannah. Um who has to play Cedar Grove instead of Dawson County. Now, Dawson County really just, you hate to say it, but they uh, they blew it. They choked against a five-win Cedar Grove team. That was a really, really, really bad loss, and I really feel for those seniors because they had a, a fabulous season. So I think Johnson is my lock uh, to make it to the next round. But uh, I want to go back and touch on one game that, uh, I've been eyeing. I don't know if I'm going to get to it or not, but Central Macon and Hart County remain. That's uh, that's a really good game with Kwai Primus, 6-6 inside for Central Macon, can score the ball. But Hart County's got that length and Taj Johnson, Sean Webb, Quay Randolph. That's a really good game. If you're in middle Georgia, uh, if you had to decide between Monroe area versus Westside or Central Macon versus Hart County, even though Hart County's a four seed, Hart County's really good, and that's a really uh, – interesting matchup going to be important to see who steps up for central making antonio card harold tompkins these other guys they're going to have to have good games and knock off the number four seed hart county this is the first time in a while we've had a top five matchup for our sandy spiel poll in class 2a douglas at glen hills Ooh. um so douglas um cory favors who was one of their leading scorers early in the year transferred he jumped ship and went to washington so that hurts but douglas has been good They've handled their business. They've been good throughout. Uh, this matchup is all going to be focused around the forwards, I think. Um, you're looking at Emmanuel Jones for Glen Hills and John Whitehead for Glen Hills. Two athletic big guys that can get out and go 6'6", six, six, um, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 um, depending on a good day or bad day, how tall they're standing. But they're going up against Jermichael Stilwell, who might not be too known statewide, but a 6'6". Um, I want to say he's a junior. 
That boy can play good defense. He can guard pretty much every position on the floor. He's a shot blogger. He's an outstanding rebounder. That is going to be a really good game. If there's schools that are in attendance looking at, you know, Jones and Whitehead, uh, Stillwell could steal the show as far as the guy that's going to be put on their recruiting board uh, for next year. Um, that's going to be really interesting because I think he's going to be able to negate some stuff that Glenn Hills does. Um but the X factor in this one is going to be the guard play. Does Glenn Hills have enough guard play uh, to knock off Douglas? Jamarius Pledger averages 19 points per game for Douglas. He's always been a big-time scorer. It's going to be tough. And Douglas is going down to Glenn Hills in Augusta, which is going to be really tough. Um, again, this is a, a fantastic game uh, to go out there and see. Um, I know I picked Douglas in our, our, our preview of the entire state tournament, but that was before I, I, I think I knew for sure that Favors was not on the team. It kind of switches things up a bit, um, but the emergence of Gaddis Heath, uh, he's been really good uh, down the stretch for Douglas, and that gives him Heath and Pledger at the guard spot, two guys that can hit you for you know 15 to 20 points a game. Glenn Hill's more predicated on you know their, their forwards getting out and going. Um, again, I'm just going to stick with what I said in the beginning. And I'm going to go with Douglas, but it's going to be really tough to get a win over there in Augusta. In the bottom left quadrant, we're going to take a look at South Atlanta at Swainsboro. You know, South Atlanta has um, Jaquavian Florence, and he said they're going to have a historic run and win a state title this year. It's going to be tough. Him and John Lawton, tough guards. Um, but Swainsboro... They handled their business to beat Jefferson County, a pretty good Jefferson County team by 20 points. I think Cedric uh, Sebro and uh, Frederick Sebro, the twins, they're just real big and physical. I think they could really hurt South Atlanta inside. Emmanuel Hackett at the perimeter. Um, I don't know. I picked Swainsboro to roll all the way to the Final Four and get into the state tournament or into the state championship. And I'm not going to stray from that, so I'm just going to go with Swainsboro, even though Jaquavin Florence could take over this game. Over on the right side of Class 2A, Chattooga travels to Thomasville. Boy, so Thomasville has a, uh, a lot of revenge on their mind. You know, Reggie Perry's last state playoff loss came at Chattooga. And now Chattooga's juicing up the bus and they're going all the way down to Thomasville. Now Thomasville is not impressive. A 10-point win over 4 seed Buckley County. Thomasville coming from a not good region. I don't care what you say. Thomasville's region was not good and I will pull that up in just a moment to let you know why I said that. Thomasville currently constituted as a 22 and 4 team. You're looking at the rest of that region. Fitzgerald 10 and 18, Early County 6 and 20, Brooks County 7 and 18, Berrien 7 and 20. Region 1 is really bad. And it's funny to think because not too long ago we used to say, you know, Region 7, Region 7's not very good. Well, <laughs> funny how things can change over about a 2 or 3 year span. You're looking at number 1 Rockmart advancing to the next round. You're looking at number 2 Chatuga uh, took care of Temple advance to the next round. You're looking at Model who beat Callaway by two points to advance to the next round. So Region 7 went 3-1. and one. What did Region 1 do? Region 1 lost, lost, lost. So Region 1, 1-3. One Region 7, 3-1. Chattooga going down to Thomasville. If Chattooga's three-point shots are falling, obviously you could say that about anybody, but if they at least shoot halfway decent, Chattooga's winning this game. I don't care. Chattooga's seen better teams this year. Thomasville has beat up on bad, bad competition. And, uh, you know, just looking at their, you know, schedule real quick, we'll see if they actually did beat up on bad competition because looking at that that region, that's a, a region that should be winning by about 20-plus every single time. And, um, you know, they, they pretty much handled their business for the most part. Fitzgerald gave them some problems here and there. Early County played them close. Berrien fairly close as well. But uh, Chattooga, I think they're ready for it. Um, Malachi Jackson needs to have a big game. Um Big needs to have a big game. He hit about seven or eight threes in the last round. And, you know, Damian Smith, uh, the little freshman, he hit about five threes. So if they're locked in from deep and they have Cash Allen, an athletic 6'6 forward inside who can at least rebound and run the floor and, you know, cause a little bit of havoc here and there, 
I'm picking Chattooga to win. I think Chattooga is a better basketball team than Thomasville. It's going to be really tough. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised to see if Thomasville pulls it out because they're going to have a, a team that can really press and get after it. Um, but I just think Chattooga, based on resume, Chattooga seen better teams throughout the year. And I think Chattooga is a better basketball team this year. So I'm going with the Indians. And finally in Class 2A, Laney's going to be packing up their bags and getting on a bus for the long bus ride down to Therrell. Boy, oh boy. That is going to be one of the really good games in the state of Georgia. Uh, again, Robbie Armbrester not playing, so that obviously is going to hurt Farrell with the defending state champs. Um, Laney in this game, I'm looking at uh, if Farrell can handle their ball pressure. Romanson's a really good veteran guard. I think he should be able to do it pretty well. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for him, Rashawn Frederick, and uh, Cam Fortson. That's going to be the big three. Now, Laney. They can kind of get it done with a, a variety of guys. But the guy that I think is going to be very important to their success is six foot seven Matt Jones. Doesn't put up really big numbers. Flirted with Berkmeyer in the offseason, but came back home the junior, averaging six points, five rebounds, and under a block a game. Not that great, but he's six foot seven. He does have some talent. He's going to have to alter shots. He's going to have to eliminate second chance opportunities, and he's going to have to help out. Because I know at the guard position, uh, Laney's going to have some physical dudes. Jonathan Taylor's a leading scorer. Dikees King, uh, Luther Reed, you know Jordan Stringer's a big burly guy. Um, Dewan Collins, they got some big uh, football-looking guys and aren't necessarily really tall, but they're physical and they're tough. And Laney is a team that can match Farrell's toughness. Uh, but you know, playing at Farrell, Farrell, you know, trying to defend their state championship, it's going to be a really good game. But, again, I'm just going with who I picked in the beginning of it all. I'm going to stick with Farrell. But I know Laney has a hell of an opportunity to knock off the defending state champs. And before we depart from the wonders of Class 2A, Kyle, read me off your Elite 8 matchups. My Elite 8 matchups, I'm looking at Douglas. Oh, man. Uh, I guess uh, I don't know if I want to stick with Spencer or if I want to switch it to Dublin, but... I'll stick with Spencer, even though I wasn't, I don't know, that one by 15 against Kusa, uh, who isn't that bad, but I'll just stick with it. So I'm going Douglas for Spencer, going Swainsboro versus, I guess I'll stick with him again. I'm going with Rockmart, and then I'm looking at uh, Butler. I think Butler's just going to be too athletic. I think they're going to be able to get after Banks County. I think they have some really good guards that are going to be shifty. Um Visitation probably said that wrong, but he can score the ball. They're they're pretty good. I I really like Butler in that top right quadrant. Uh, so I got Butler versus Tatuga, and then at the bottom I'm looking at Farrell, and I think they're going to be able to see Washington County. We are ready to take it down to Class A private. The one through eight seeds do their first action. We're going to start right with an eight seed, Holy Innocence. The 24 seed is going to travel to play Savannah Country Day. <laughs> this is an interesting one because Savannah Country Day, I know I had to talk to some of their, you know, someone close to the program, and they were wondering why I, I don't give them enough love. Savannah Country Day, they don't play anybody. Now, they played some good teams early in the year, but they were all losses. I'm, I'm looking at these games, which I don't know if you can still – you know, pull from games that you lost in November. Lost to Hefseva, 63-47. Blown out by Windsor Force, 82-64. Effingham County beat them, 60-37. And then after that, uh, you know, Trutland's pretty much been the only team that's uh, good that they've seen throughout the year. And they almost beat Trutland. It was 87-85 in the region championship. Uh, but they lost that one. I think they're still maybe a year away from being a top 10 team because they do have a lot of guys coming back. Um, but with that being said, again, Holy Innocence isn't you know isn't great. Now, we properly predicted that one as a, a 24 seed knocking off a 9 seed. I don't know if it's ever happened before, but Holy Innocence, again, they were like 7-1 and one in their sub-region. Now, they played a brutal schedule. They were bad early on in the year against a really tough schedule. But once they got into Class A private play, they handled their business just fine. Uh, and, you know, you don't need a superstar roster to win games uh, to get a good seed 
in the region or uh, in the state tournament. And, you know, they got the 24 seed. That's all they really needed to just get in. And they already made some noise. So now they're heading down to Savannah. Um, I do like Coley Innocence in this one with Garrison Powell. And I think Justin Wilson, that's two really good guards. And then Landon Cardian is just a hard worker inside. Um, I'm going with Holy Innocence in this one. And uh, I think Savannah Country Day, they'll have plenty of opportunities to win this one. But I just think Holy Innocence, they've seen better teams. And just like Savannah Country Day, they really haven't you know, won all those games. Uh, but I think Holy Innocence just has a little bit more talent. And with Wilson and Powell in the backcourt, that's a really good duo at this level. Down to the bottom left, WD Muhammad, a team who made a name for themselves last year. They're going to travel to play Mount Pisgah. Oh, man, W.D. Muhammad with a, a big win um, beating uh, Wesleyan. That was, a, that was a surprise, but they have some guys that are pretty athletic. They can play a little wild from what I've been told, but Ahmad Abdurrahman uh, was a, a first-team selection in the region, and then Bilal Abdurrahman uh, was a second-team pick. So they got some guys. They got some guys that can go. Um but going up against Mount Pisgah with Nate Gordon inside, I think he'll be able to alter a lot of shots and just make life difficult. And, uh, of course, JoJo Peterson and um, Chase Tucker, they got some guys that can score the ball. So, uh, And uh, Chandler Minton, too. I uh, always forget to mention him, but I like Pisgah, and especially Pisgah at home. I think Mount Pisgah will take care of business. On to the right side of the Class A private bracket, Pinecrest Academy at Providence Christian. By power ranking, it's going to be the closest matchup of the Class A private Sweet 16. Uh, yeah, and I think it could be one of the closer games. Now, again, Pinecrest, not saying they played world beaters, but they played a really good schedule. They played some of the better teams in Class A private, played a lot of top 10 teams, and they held their own, and they got hot at the right time. And out of Pinecrest's crest, uh, 11 or 12 losses, pretty much every one came against a good team or a ranked team. Uh, you're looking at uh, Providence uh, Christian. Uh, they have a sparkling record, but they didn't play anybody. And that is something that can always come back to bite you. When you don't play anybody all year and then you still can't win your region tournament, that puts you in a really bad spot. And that's why Riverside Military is the three seed right now. And you're looking at Riverside Military's record. They're 15 and 11, and they're a three seed. But you have a, a team like uh, Providence, who's 24 and 2, but you lost at the wrong time. And now uh, you're facing a tough Pinecrest team. And Pinecrest, uh, they pulled out a tough one, a real close one with Tallulah Falls. So, you know, if, if anything, that gives Providence Christian um, some, some major confidence in that one, seeing that it's not like they just steamrolled a team that they've played many, many times. Pinecrest Academy, uh, 61-58, hit a three at the buzzer down the stretch to win it. Uh, but Pinecrest, they're big, they're long, they got a couple guys, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They have some guys that have been known to hit clutch shots down the stretch. Um, but I'm looking for uh, someone like Oscar Lynch, uh, the sophomore, leads them in scoring at 13 points per game. And then Caleb Bone, uh, a double-digit score. Uh Providence is going to be able to counter, though. Uh, you're looking at Elijah Williams. He was a region player of the year. He's good. And then Chance Thacker, uh, really tough as well. So it's going to be a really good game. Um, I, I lean towards Pinecrest Academy, but um, just seeing how they, they fared against Tallulah Falls in that, that first matchup, um, it's not going to shock me if Providence Christian wins this one. And they do have Pinecrest at home. But uh, like you said, Closest uh, matchup as far as seeding goes, and it should be a pretty good game. And finally, in the bottom right quadrant of Class A private, Trinity Christian, who we had in our top 10 at number 6, number 11 in the power rankings, they'll be traveling to take on Christian Heritage. Ooh, that will be, uh, it'll be tough. Um, Christian Heritage, really well coached team. Um, They have some good guard play, and uh, Mr. Uh, Clement, uh, Drew Clements uh, and Tyler Watkins always puts them in a really good position. Now, Evan Lester, he's a big football player, about 6'5", physical guy. Uh, he's going to have to be big in this one, but Trinity Christian, if you're just looking at the team, Trinity Christian is going to out, you know, out-athlete them, have bigger size, and, and uh, they're just going to be really tough. I mean, Brady Burnett going to North Georgia, a big 6'5", wing player. 
He's really tough. Giancarlo Bastioni is a, a, a talented six foot seven post presence. Uh, Roll Arias, a, a great athlete. Um, they're just not deep, and that's what's going to hurt them. Trinity Christian's not deep, um, but I think Trinity Christian, I just think they're going to have too much talent, and I think they should be able to win in Dalton, even though it's going to be tough to play up there, but I do like Trinity Christian to beat Christian Heritage. If you had to pick a dark horse candidate for the final four here in Class A Private from the Sweet 16 teams we have left, what quadrant is that dark horse going to come out of? Oh, boy. Well, I, I don't know if we're going to consider Trinity Christian a dark horse. They're the number 11 seed, and I have them advancing to the final four. Um, but if that is not who I can choose from uh, a dark horse, I'll go with uh, – I guess I'll go with Pinecrest Academy as a 10 seed. Um, it would be a, a pretty tough road, considering they might run into Galloway or Green Force in the next round. But – um, they call them dark horses for a reason, so I would go with Pinecrest. And this will take us on to classification number eight on the boys' side of the basketball game. Start Wednesday and Thursday. Top left quadrant, Lanier County at Lincoln County, Kyle. Uh, I think Lanier County should win this one. Now, we mentioned it in our first podcast. Lincoln County really good at home. Uh, somewhat of a young team, uh, uh, but they always play much better at home. But Lanier County... Um, they're 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 good. Amari McGriff's real big. EJ Brown's good. Uh, I I like Lanier County in this one, but for Quan Sherman, uh, he's gonna have to put on a uh, put on a cape and really put on a show. I think he's gonna get his, but I think Lanier County just uh, more of a complete. On the bottom left, Drew Charter at Terrell Counter Terrell County. Excuse me, another top ten matchup, four versus six in our rankings. Oh boy, this now this is a really tough one because you're going to Terrell County. That is down, down, down south, and uh, Drew Charter is really good. They have you know great wins on the season, but sometimes they do kind of play meh, not great games. But they handled their business against Clinch County by 26. But we've seen them in Class A public. It's always been dominated by these real small rural schools. Not often that we've had a team right under our nose in Atlanta uh, make some hay. Uh, this could be the year for Drew Charter. Um, but it's just going to be tough. they got to do it. And before I see them do it, I don't know if I can, I can pick them. They definitely have enough talent to do it. But, you know, going to these bandbox gyms, these, you know, tight little gyms, and just these, you know, when the entire county – is in the stands rooting against you. That's a big deal considering you're coaching, you know, 14 to 18-year-old kids. That's a really big deal. And it's just going to be a really tough environment. Trail County's got the player of the year in Region 1, uh, Shantavian Bowens, uh, Caborion Stevens was a first-team pick, Ricardo Simmons a first-teamer, Contravion Greer a second-teamer, and Damarian Lattimore, a second teamer. So those are your, your big five right there for Terrell County. But Jacoby Strozer was the Region 5 Player of the Year uh, for Drew Charter. So uh, Drew Charter, they can press, they can trap, they can get after it. Um, but I'm just going to stick with Terrell County just because it is at home. Now, if this game was at Drew, I don't think Drew's going to have quite the home court advantage as these rural small schools would have. Um but I would, I would probably go with Drew, but going down to Terrell, it's going to be tough. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see if they won, but I'm just going to stick with my original pick of Terrell County. I want to take a look at the very top matchup on the right side of the Class A public bracket. It's going to be Manchester at Wilkinson County. Uh, Manchester at Wilkinson County. Uh, Manchester uh, looks like they won by 14 over Jenkins. And Wilkinson County, really good at this time of year. Um, going to the Palace, going to be tough. Christian Lamar's having a, a great season, averaging close to a triple-double. And Jacob Crockett is a skywalker. I love seeing him play. Uh, I'm going to stick with Wilkinson County in this one. I think they win by double digits. And finally, Turner County at Hancock Central. Um, Turner County has a lot of potential, a lot of talent. But I don't think they've really been able to to reach that level yet. And Hancock Central, uh, another team that's really, really tough uh, at home. 
and I think Hancock, I think they have a, the resume. I mean, they beat Wilkinson County to win the Region 7 championship, so they're rolling right now. I think Hancock Central uh, with some really tough guard play, uh, always a really gritty group over there. I think they should be able to advance. Uh, they've been led uh, pretty much all year uh, by uh, Leroy Wilson, and then you're looking at uh, Jamal Taylor. So those two guards right there, uh, I think they're going to be really tough, and I think they should have their way with Turner. That will do it. Eight classifications of boys basketball broken down for you in the Sweet 16 games are on Wednesdays and Thursdays at the higher seeds um, home school. Go out, support your local team, watch some great boys basketball. Live action on Twitter at CalSandy355 at Sandy Spiel. Live scores will be updated as they happen. SandySpiel.com, that is your playoff central for GHSA basketball. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for the girls' Sweet 16 breakdown. And, of course, to recap everything that happened in the Sweet 16 and preview every single Elite 8 game over the weekend. Until then, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.